Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Every week, we talk to our friend Greg Amsinger, a product of the Lindenwood University and a native of St. Louis and the most knowledgeable baseball guy we know. He is the lead anchor on MLB Network. He is the host of MLB Tonight, and he's with us now. And some of the big news coming out of baseball last night, the National League wildcard leading Phillies were able to win their game, but Bryce Harper, their first baseman, left with an injury, a sore back. Greg, first thing, how long has Harper been dealing with this? Uh, Randy, about a week back. No! Greg, please. No! Greg, I I feel bamboozled. I am shocked. I am in dismay right now. What is going on? I don't know what you're talking about. Did you not hear the introduction? I am the most knowledgeable baseball person. It's about a week back. It's about a week back. Yes. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I, I feel so bamboozled right now. We appreciate it. Well, Greg, I guess I'm going to follow up with this. So we were talking about starting pitching earlier. Obviously a great outing with Matthew Libertor. So let me throw this at you. got Miles going. you got Matt. You have Dak. You have Libby. Maybe you bring up a young guy uh, in Drew Rom, McGreevy, or even Gordon Graceffo. They don't need to go out and get another starting pitcher, right? <laughs> right, right. Hey, let's just keep doing what the Cardinals have been doing in the category of pitching for the last 20 years. And let's just, you know what, let's get back to what we know, and that is we just grow from within. I think the experiment is uh, has been a good one. It's, it's led to so many years of success. But when the Cardinals have won, they've always sprinkled in veterans they pay via free agency or they acquire through trade. I, I just think you will see two human beings who are not affiliated with the Cardinals organization right now in the rotation next year. I I got that feeling in my bad knee. I don't know if you know this, Brooke, but I got a bad knee. I got it in high school. Uh, bad football injury. It's a disgusting scar. And I feel things just about baseball in my bad knee. And I'm telling you, there will be two people not affiliated with the Cardinals that will be in that rotation come opening day next year. we got to ask the bad knees some more questions. So what does your bad knee say about, at least jokes aside, with this competition going on for that fifth spot in the starting rotation possibly for next season, who do you like so far for that spot? I think Matthew Libertor, I've said for a long time, his career will be defined as the next Andrew Miller. I think of him exactly in the same vein. Now, what he did yesterday, that's it. That's like the human element, right? Like the team that traded you away, you're facing the guy that you were traded for. He had something to prove, and man, did he prove it. I still think he is, his destiny is to be a, a wipeout, uh, high-leverage reliever, maybe closer. I, I think to watch him throw 96 miles an hour in the sixth or seventh inning of that game last night makes me dream of a triple-digit left-hander who's got nasty secondary stuff. So, I, I still believe that that is his future. Steven Matz is contractually obligated to this team for the foreseeable future. To me, the, the money leads you to the answer. And that means Steven Matz is going to be the number five starter. They're going to add two other guys through free agency. But what you've seen from Matz in the last two months, I don't know if he's figured it out. I don't know if the pennant race is over, so the pressure is gone. But he, he looks great. And, and – 
because they're paying him, I think he's the number five guy. Greg, you talked about your bad knees. Let's talk about Tyler O'Neill's bad knees. And uh, he had to miss a couple of games. What are your thoughts about that and really just about him uh, and his injury history going forward? I, I think it's a decision this organization's going to have to make. It, 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 the problem is no one else is seeing the 30-30 potential that he possessed just a few years ago. What I mean by no one else, the other 29 teams uh, are not witnessing a display of talent that was incredibly unique when he was playing like an MVP candidate. So the Cardinals are trying to play him as much as possible to show all of these other front offices that what they have is valuable and that you should come knock on the door and see if you want to swing a deal. It is not a secret. The Cardinals have too many outfielders. The problem is, is how many starting outfielders do the Cardinals have in the big league? In the big leagues, they have four fourth outfielders. That's not hmm. someone who's wealthy in, in, in depth. That's not incredible wealth. So the Cardinals are banking on Tyler O'Neill getting back in the lineup and playing well. They need to see him play well so they can showcase what he can do. I still think he's an immense talent. I really do. And I I do believe there will be a couple teams that will kick the tires on the upside of Tyler O'Neill. But the only way this is going to happen is if he gets on the field again and it's in bombs. Uh, Greg Amzinger, MLB Network with us on 101 ESPN. Greg, easy question. For me, this is a tough answer. How do the Dodgers do it? It's crazy, right? It's unbelievable. Look, all you have to do, all you have to do, is just drive to Dodger Stadium and look at all the images behind the center field wall of all the rookies of the year they've ever had. They have developed players at a level no one else can come close to. It's the weirdest thing in the world. Now, I've been trying to think: why is it young players go to LA and they outplay other young players? from other places. And then I realized, wait a minute, there are celebrities, like legitimate celebrities. I, mean, I know we think John Goodman's Brad Pitt in St. Louis. I understand that. But like real celebrities are like LeBron is sitting in the fourth row behind home plate. Shaquille O'Neal, you know, actually Brad Pitt is sitting in the stands at a Dodger game, right? So these young guys walk into the big leagues and that's already overwhelming. And then they realize they're in Hollywood. And that's why you've got a guy like James Outman playing with his hair on fire. Before that, it was Cody Bellinger. Before that, you go to Eric Karros and Mike Piazza. All these young guys show up and they're like, wow, I'm literally in a human movie. I just play baseball in it. It, 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 It's incredible. They're young talent. uh, And they showcased it last night with the big right-hander Miller that was on the mound. They've got so many young, talented players that are good. And then they mix in the big money. They mix in Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts. They do it at a high level, and they're going to win the West again. And you you mentioned the big money with Betts and and Freeman. But the rest of their lineup last night, and I know they were playing the Rockies, but it was Ahmed Rosario playing second and hitting third. Max Muncy hitting 195 this year was their cleanup hitter. Chris Taylor is hitting 210. He was their number five hitter. Kike Mm -hmm. Hernandez, who was terrible. Uh, And then, as you mentioned, Altman, Miguel Rojas hitting 215 is their shortstop hitting eighth. And Austin Barnes, their catcher, is hitting ninth. And by the way, Austin Barnes hitting 126 this year. And they, on a regular basis, it's not just this year. They, they get guys, and they have a lineup with a couple of, of guys, and then you say, how the hell are they doing this? I, obviously, they can pitch, but they have an unbelievable ability to get, the, as you said, the most out of players. Yeah, and, and may I remind you, come game one of their postseason series, their first postseason series, the top of their order will look Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, 
uh, Will Smith, who's become one of the best overall catchers in the game, mm-hmm. J.D. Martinez, who's had an incredible resurgence this year, and then you got Max Muncy, who's a feast or famine home run guy, and then Ahmad, Ahmed Rosario, who looks like he's loved baseball. Get that's another little subplot here. You get Josh Bell out of Cleveland, and all of a sudden he's hitting home runs at Miami. You get Rosario uh, out of Cleveland, all of a sudden he can swing a bat again. I don't. You know, everyone always asks what's in the Kool Aid. They need to spike the Kool Aid in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's hitting like Stephen Kwan. Everyone's hitting like Miles Straw. It's not good to Terry Francona. Greg, do you think that the Cardinals will have any problems enticing? If we're talking about stars, what the Dodgers are able to do. Obviously, you can't offer all that that L.A. has with that star power there. But do you think that the Cardinals will have any problems enticing some star pitching coming here to St. Louis? Or will the money be enough to talk? I, I think it was a really smart decision to hold on to Nolan Arenado. When you have a legit superstar who is obsessed with winning, and you saw how it all unraveled after he had a monster contract extension with the Colorado Rockies, when he realized, wait a minute, this, this, this organization sort of lied to me. They're not all about winning. And he was not a happy camper, and we all saw what happened. And they, they had to move him. I think the Cardinals deciding to not trade Nolan Arenado is a reflection of their commitment to winning. And if you're a free agent starting pitcher, you don't want to sign somewhere. Obviously, everyone wants to go to the most money, right? Everybody wants that. But you also want a mixture of culture and a desire to win. It's not just going to end with you starting pitcher. We're going to spend money at second base. We're going to spend money in center field. We're going to actually put a team around you. So I think having Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt who wants to retire a Cardinal in your organization, playing for the foreseeable future, makes it a much more attractive destination for other free agents who are trying to be courted to St. Louis. If you move Nolan Arenado and you, you operate business like most other organizations to try to save a buck, that saving a buck has a ripple effect, and it affects other players who you're trying to spend a buck on later. So to me, it it, it kind of gave the stability of a winning culture. Even though they're having a losing season this year, they guaranteed a winning culture by holding on to Captain Win, Nolan Arnano. Greg, last week you gave us a peek into the Amzinger household. So a texter from the 618 wants to know, did the sprinkler system get to working? Oh, my goodness. So I had a water bubble. It's a great question. Have you ever heard of a water bubble in your backyard? I've seen I one. A, yeah. I had a sprinkler pipe that had like eight holes in it. And I just bought this property. So I walked back in this, this water bubble. I think this guy's trying to get money out of me, right? And then all of a sudden, I'm like thinking, I'm thinking in grass. Like, literally, I'm going down in the earth. So he's like, don't worry about it. It's just about, you know, four to $5,000 extra. We'll pull the pipe out and replace it. So I'm like, this is the best day ever. Best day ever. Frequent system is working, thank goodness. Um, but, yeah, that was a pretty wonderful moment of, of live radio. One of my favorites, actually. <laughs> he was trying to get me to come downstairs while I was on your show. <laughs> hey, Greg, one last thing in regards to baseball. The most unlikeliest of places, Philadelphia, has become this forgiving, charitable place for Trey Turner where they give him a standing ovation all the time. And, and you guys show a lot. But what a great story that is in, of all places, of Philly. 
you think about it. Uh, the one thing I've learned about Philadelphia, and I go to Philly games more than I go to Yankee games or Met games. That's not that's not why. Because going to a Yankee and Met game is a brutal uh, experience of driving. It's terrible. But I could drive 90 minutes. My big thing is I don't care how long I'm driving. I just want to go forward. As long right? as you're moving, right. I, I need to move. So I'd rather drive to Philly <laughs> and go to a Mets game or a Yankee game. It's terrible. But what I've realized in all my time going there is the Philadelphia fans are – symbolic and a reflection of Larry Boa. And if you know Larry Boa, he is the most fierce, yelling, angry manager you've ever met in your life. But when you see Larry around his wife, he's like an altar boy. He doesn't swear. He's like the most wonderful gentleman in the world. Because she is a kind person and she has expectations. And she's very humble with him and honest with him. I just, I've witnessed all of this. And then I see Philly fans sort of emulate that behavior. If there's a reason to go crazy, they do. But if someone says, hey, I love you. Thank you, Philly fans, for being by my side. Thank you. I know I've been terrible. Thank you for being by my side. They start acting like Larry Boa. They put away their chewing tobacco. They stop throwing their hats. They don't throw anything on the field. And then they stand up and give you an ovation. They're very hot and cold. There's no gray area in Philadelphia. They either hate you or they love you. And somehow, Trey Turner was able to spin a 230 batting average into a standing ovation. It was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. And I'm happy for him because, man, when they get on you, it's rough. It is. Hey, before we came on, before the uh, the commercial break, I, I kind of got on you for choosing your family over us yesterday. But I was just joking. <laughs> I was just joking that you went to a, a school meeting. Uh, I really didn't mean it. Uh, now, listen, I, I I would choose my family over you first. I, I'm really <laughs> sorry about that. I am sorry about that. Uh, but, you know, sometimes things come up. Like I found out late last night that tomorrow at 9 a.m. I'm teeing off with Albert Pujols. All right. Oh, okay. oh. Now, it's not just my family. If that would have come up today, chances are I would have to bail on the interview. <laughs> I, you know what I mean, Randy? <laughs> it's not just family. Hey. There are other things that happen that make you have to bail. And I think you would understand that golfing with Albert would trump doing the fast lane, right? You would understand that. Yeah. Well, the fast lane and the opening drive. But, yeah, uh, I, I, I got to tell you, Greg, if, if I had a tea time with Albert this morning, I wouldn't be here either. <laughs> he, would leave, yeah, he, he wouldn't be here. So I got to be honest with you real quick, real quick, before we go. Um, day, day, day four of MLB Network, we let uh, Dan Plesak host a, a side set um, portion of the show. And we and I go, hey, man, when you're done, just go to break. And he goes, okay. And Dan Plesak, who I adore, goes, all right, don't go anywhere much more baseball tonight right after this and we all he thought he was great we do dude you just named our show baseball tonight i love the opening drive the opening drive i've got an opening drive tattoo on my back he's <laughs> got the family cup i've got the opening drive you know? hey uh thanks for playing along it was fun we appreciate it and uh yeah how, again how long for harper has he had that? Uh, he, about a week back. No, we can't start and end yes, the segment this Thank way. You, tell, Thank you. No. Tell, tell, tell Albert we said hi. All right, you got to take care, guys. Thanks, brother. Oh. <laughs> Love it.